So Jean's going to lead our intercessions for us just now. Can you hear me? Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our many blessings during this season on earth. We thank you for the cross, Jesus' shed blood, for forgiveness, salvation, and that Jesus said it is finished. Remember those people who are now who are suffering currently due to the COVID-19 uh, COVID virus. Our hearts go out to those who have lost loved ones, friends, colleagues, neighbours, and all those who you know who have died who we don't know about. Father God, we ask for your peace and healing to touch their lives. At this time, we also think about those who are currently sick because of the virus. And we're reminded of the story in Mark chapter 1 when Simon's mother-in-law was sick with a fever. And Jesus went to her and took her by the hand and raised her up. And the fever left her. Yeah. Can't see anybody, though. Father, we pray now for those people who are ill, that Jesus will take them by the hand and raise them up and heal them. And can you just think for a moment of someone you know that might be ill and just ask Jesus, ask God to do that right now, just for a second. Thank you, Lord. Key workers are important and we pray for all key workers. Please protect them and empower them to do their jobs. Father, we also pray for the government and decision makers. Give them wisdom, strategies, insights and breakthroughs and solutions to find a vaccine for this pandemic. Heavenly Father, we also remember rough sleepers, the unemployed, those who are isolated and vulnerable people, that they will get practical help and encounter your amazing grace. And Father, we also pray for the lonely and isolated in our own church family. May they know your presence and love from all of us. In addition, we pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. Please help them. Thank you for drawing near to them. Father, at this time of national emergency, help us to hear your call to commit to our own repentance and to live and live in revival. And help us to pray for others and to pray uh, for a return of our nation and pray for our nation to return to you so we declare that there will be a turning to you that we will seek your face and call upon you while you may be found and while you are near i just want to read out to end i just want to read out a, a, a few lines from my hymn that i really like um how sweet the name of jesus sounds in a believer's ear it soothes his sorrows, heals his wounds, and drives away his fears. It makes the wounded spirit whole and calms the troubled breast. Tis manner to the hungry soul and to the weary rest. Dear name, the rock on which I build, my shield and hiding place, my never failing treasury filled with boundless, boundless stores of grace. Amen. End of the prayers.
was just having a chat with someone. I shouldn't do that in prayer time, but when someone's trying to come on board, now it was Alan and Joe that were trying to get on, and Alan's meant to be doing the Bible reading in a few moments, so I've got a willing volunteer already, but they're trying to get on, and they know the password, and they know the numbers, so that's where they're not here at the moment. We're going to sing the song again then, we're going to sing Your Blood, and we're going to sing... Uh, just sort of thinking about the words that are there, that it's God that changes our lives, that the, the bridge says, is rewriting my history and covers me with destiny. So it's a great encouragement. Thank you. 
precious blood of Christ, it's rewriting my history. It covers me with destiny. It's making all things rise. The precious blood of Christ, it's singing out with love. It's shouting down the line. It echoes through the night. The precious blood of Christ speaks a better word. Speaks a better word. It's calling out my name, and it's breaking every chain. It's touching all things right. The precious blood of Christ speaks a better word. Speaks a better word. Speaks a better Alan may have managed to join us, he hasn't. So Jill's going to bring the reading for us, and the reading is going to be from John chapter 11, verses 25 to 44, and Jill's going to read it in the uh, NIV. That's John 11, 25 to 44. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave within a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 
I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Thank you, Jill. So we're going to sing a couple of songs together and then Sujin's going to be sharing a few things that's been happening to her this week. So we're going to be singing, first of all, Sovereign Overalls. There is strength within the sorrow. And many of us are thinking at the moment, aren't we, how even like the, the bridge says, even uh, what the enemy means for evil, you turn it for our good. So we can be really sort of, sort of know that God is with us and he's doing things with us and helping us. There is strength within the sorrow. There is beauty in our tears. With a love that casts out fear, you are working in our waiting, sanctifying us when beyond our understanding, you're teaching us to trust. Your plans are still to prosper. You've not forgotten us. You're with us in the fire and the flood. Faithful forever, perfect in love. You are sovereign over Your wisdom unimagined Who could understand your ways Running high above the heavens Reaching down in endless grace You're the lifter of the lonely Even what the enemy means for evil. 
Just the way it is. 
share with us just now about what's been happening to her over the last few days and then there'll be time to pray much later in our time together for people like Sujin and Zainab and others that are on the front line doing things to help you all. Hello everybody. Uh, John has asked me to just discuss how actually the NHS hospital is currently doing. So um, for the last three weeks, um, all the ward staff and um, all the managers actually has asked, has asked all the community nurses, um, dental nurses, anybody who can actually help out on the wards um, to be redeployed, which um, my role was one of the ones that was to redeploy as well. So um, they asked me to start to work from this week, which I have started in one of the ward um, looking after COVID-19 but stable patients or end-of-life patients. So I started the shift on Thursday, but um, what was the word? Um, without the expectation, so basically our expectation was that we will have a lot of patients um, who will be coming into the hospital from Easter weekend, the weekend. However, that, that expectation hasn't yet happened. So um, there was too many staff compared to too many um, small patients. So um, on Thursday, basically there was only six patients, but, but we had 11 staff to look after them. So, um, so on Friday, they actually asked me to go back to my role and just be standby. So the current situation in our hospital in Warwick, um, it, there are a lot of beds empty. So, um, so that just appears whether, I'm not sure whether the peak has reached yet or, or actually things are settling down um nobody can answer that yet but i think we are just standing by and see how it goes for the next two weeks um we do thankful for all our public that they did stay home and then this has actually made some difference um so yeah all the nhs staff is asking a favor to stay at home which which that's what government is asking so um in a way i'm thankful that the situation is not as bad as what we were expected. Um, yeah, so like continue to pray for all of us in NHS staff, um, all the people who actually got COVID-19 
um, who is struggling to, to, to get survive. Um, I just want to mention that for those who actually got COVID-19, who's actually patients in the hospital are struggling and majority of them who falls into end of life are the ones who's elderly. So um, it is heartbreaking to see them actually going downhill really quickly. Um, the, the virus is actually really um, um, serious illness, which can cause um, patients with comorbidities with the elderly will actually have great impact on their life. So um, I want you to continue to pray for those who have lost their loved ones and the ones currently fighting for um, from this virus. Um, yes, yeah, so, so the news is very great. Um, it is good news that um, a lot of people hasn't yet come into the frontline hospital and then we are being in standby. Um, so hopefully that's not the case, but, um, but like we just need to continue to see what's happening. Um, and for my personal circumstance, um, I was due to get married um, on 4th of July. However, um, I've been discussing this with the vicar in Church of England where I'll get married. And he um, could not confirm whether the church will be reopened in July. So he suggested to delay the wedding. So we've now got the new date on for that, which is 3rd of October. So um, so I will um, me personally message people, but um, I just want to let you know that's, that's the current plan. Um, thank you. Thank you, Suji. I'm sure Ian and Grace will tell us about their wedding plans again over the next sort of few weeks as well. So that would be good to pray for all, all those. And, and there's so many whose plans have changed, like David, who I can see. Sorry, I know it's rude to point, but I'm just pointing to you, David, because your plans have changed. You shouldn't be here. It's great to see you, but you should be in India and, and doing all sorts of things. So we know a lot of people have changed their plans. So we are going to be praying for Sujin and Zainab as well in a little while and for other people that are on the front line. And perhaps sometimes people are on the front line and you don't realise it. So it's going to be really good to do some praying in a few minutes. Uh, we're going to do a few more things before that. And the next thing we're going to do is sing a song again. Uh, we're going to sing Be Thou My Vision. O Lord of my heart. Be thou in me dwelling, and I 
going to watch a video together now. And this is a video that many of you will know the person that's in it, a retired colonel. And we've met him several times before. The thing will be today is for those that are on the phone, for Margaret and for Jill, you won't be able to see what's happening. Now, usually the colonel says something and then there's a bit of a punchline at the end and that's all very nice. But today he's going to do a bit of acting, darlings. And so what's going to happen is that uh, it'll go silent for a little while and that's why he's doing the acting. And it's just then trying to make sure that I'm going to say what he's done. So I won't say it now, but I'll say afterwards what the colonel has done. So let's watch this video together. Thank you, my dear. My name is Colonel Frank H.W. Miller, and I'm most thankful to be addressing you today. I want to tell you about something that happened to me a few weeks ago. I would ask, though, that you don't tell anyone about what I'm about to say, as even just starting to describe it now makes me feel rather silly. My wife, Mrs. Miller, and I had been invited to supper at Marjorie Edgerton's exquisite little seven-bedroomed house up on the hill, not far from Bluebell Wood. We were tremendously looking forward to this auspicious occasion. Her volivons are most tempting, and her expertise at baking chocolate roulade is second to none. Also, four of the other eight guests she'd invited had been chums of ours for many years. This was our third visit to Miss Edgerton's home, and before we went, I had a problem that caused me great anxiety. I had a problem that caused me great anxiety. <laughs> what clothing should I wear? Now, I have heard from close friends that in most homes, it is the lady of the house who, shall I use a strong word, dithers about what to wear on the day of a special occasion. However, in the Miller house, Mrs. Miller is always immaculate in appearance, with classic styling due in part, I suspect, to her superb bone structure, an excellent choice of colours that complement each other. I, however, always seem to wear apparel that seems slightly uncongenial to the event that we are attending. I know this because Mrs. Miller generally mentions this afterwards, though not with audible words. She does something with her eyes that I think might be a slight admonishment to my fashion sense, though I'm not totally sure. Anyway, on with the story. Whilst taking a leisurely bath on the morning of Miss Edgerton's supper, I came up with a cunning idea. It was most definitely a eureka moment, like that fine fellow Archimedes had had around 2,200 years ago. I decided to wear two sets of clothing at the same time. The outer set would be formal, with a bow tie and cufflinks, and the inner set would be slightly more casual. If the attire of the other guests was formal, then I would keep the outer set on. But if they were dressed more casually, I would quickly excuse myself and go to the ground floor bathroom and take off the outer layer and return looking more casual. No one would notice this change's appearance as I am generally a quiet chap. And indeed, just like myself, most people were more concerned 
with Miss Edgerton's Volabons and chocolate roulade anyway. Oh, how I congratulated myself on the creativity I had thought about earlier in the day when we arrived. In my bow tie, I did look different to the other guests, so I excused myself and went and took off the surplus layer of fabric. take me long to do all of this either, just like it's not taken me quite too long to do it just now. I returned as silently as possible to the dining table. However, I had totally forgotten about the beloved pet that lives with Miss Edgerton, Patricia the Parrot. Oh goodness, what an absolute commotion was caused as I returned as quietly as possible to the dinner table. Ah, mummy, what's that man done? What's that man done? Mummy, mummy! That evening, we left quite early from the supper, and Mrs. Miller did use audible words in the car on the way home. I have decided not to attempt to wear two sets of clothing at the same time in the future. Why do I mention all of this to you today? It's simply this. Many of you metaphorically try to wear two or more sets of clothing at the same time. It's impossible to wear two different fashions at the same time and not to get confused. You can't be saying that you are putting God first and then you are more concerned with your own ideas, your own achievements and your own dreams. If you say you are a follower of Jesus, then is your character clothed appropriately? Are you wearing the clothing for your inner person that God has given you, or are you wearing a little bit of God's fashion, but mostly your own? To use a famous expression, are you trying to put a foot in both camps, one being the kingdom of God, and the other being your own kingdom? Please, please think seriously about this, as it is very important. I hope to discuss some more important topics with you in the future, but in the meantime, open your life to God and ask him to speak to you. Put God first. It is impossible to mix what the Lord wants and desires for you with your own ideas. Seek God above everything else. Summer is coming. Hopefully life will get back to normal for all of us in the next few weeks. Stay safe and cheerio! Thank you, Colonel. 
Jesus brings life to people. And Jesus brought physical life back to his good friend, Lazarus. But there was a problem, wasn't there? Because Lazarus's physical body wasn't expecting to be brought back to life. And neither was his family. They'd wrapped him in cloth. And he was still wrapped in his grain clothes when Jesus said, come out. John 11:44. the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. And these grave clothes, as you probably know, would have been like bandages, wouldn't they? There were strips of cloth that were tied tightly around him. And I often imagine, because, you know, even from just seeing from the colonel, I've got a vivid imagination, haven't I? And I can imagine him just sort of sort of opping out of the grave, just trying to get out of there because he wasn't dressed for life. He was dressed for death. He needed to leave those clothes of death behind because he was alive right now. And you remember, we've just been reading the other week about Jesus rising from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, he left his grave clothes in the grave. It was a new chapter. And so leaving the grave clothes behind signified that. Until the end of May, we're looking at this series of talks about what God is wanting us to wear the things that God encourages us to wear, these equipped us for. And what I'm saying today is this, if God has given us things to put on, we need to take our old self off. Just like John the Baptist said, he must increase, he must become greater and greater. I must become less and less. The Colonel thought he was gonna get the best of both worlds, didn't he? He had the formal uh, bow tie on, cufflinks, and looking rather good in a marvellous way. But he tried to take that off, but he had a comeuppance, didn't he? It didn't work out as he anticipated. And I want to encourage myself and all of you as well to say, Lord, I don't want the old grave clothes, the old clothes that I'm still wearing, to be on me. Lord, I want to be wearing the different things that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks, the yoke, the armour, the garments of salvation, the cross, all these things, Lord, I want to put on. And so if I'm putting those new things on, there's no room for the old stuff. Our spiritual life is important. So we should be spending time and energy working on our spiritual life. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 from the Amplified Bible says this, therefore if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as a saviour, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. And plenty of us have got lots of things going on in our lives that we wouldn't have expected even six weeks ago. But my prayer for all of you and for me is that spiritual awakening will happen in our lives even more than we've known. And the old clothes that we've previously worn will just come off because there's no place for them. 
Romans 12, 1 and 2, you know this well. So I'm going to read it in a different version, the message. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. And like the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed well maturity in you. So I want to pray for you, all of you. I'm looking at you over here. But I'm saying, Lord, will you help us all to rise to that level of maturity so that we know we can put God's clothing on, what he wants us to wear, and take our own clothing off first so there's room to grow and room to know him. Seeking God is the first is a priority for all of us, isn't it? And so we don't want to dither like the colonel was talking about with what people might dither about wearing for special occasions. We want to know strongly, yes, Lord, what you're saying is true. I don't want to dither about reading the Bible and praying and meeting with other people, even if it's online. I want to spend time putting you first and I don't want to dither about any of the things that are in a spiritual sense. So we're going to read part of the Bible together now, and that's going to be Psalm 121. It's saying our help comes from the Lord, and our help comes from the Lord, so we know we can put our trust in him. We can put him first. So the words are going to come up just in a moment, and we can read it together. So we're going to read it together just now. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. So, we're going to pray together now. We've heard from Sujin saying what she's been doing over the last few weeks and talking about the 3rd of October as well. So let's pray for her and we're going to pray for Zainab as well because we know she's here uh, part of what we're doing as well and for other people that are on the front line saying yes Lord will you bless them so if you pray thank you Zainab 
So as, as, you, as you pray, take your uh, mute off so that we can hear you pray. And then we can all say a big amen at the end of your prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all of the, the NHS nurses and doctors. We thank you, Lord, for the for the work that they're doing. And we just pray that you would protect them and keep them. That they would have the right amount of PPE and that, Lord, you would keep them safe during this time of um, real anxiety and um and not knowing what, what is going on. Father, we pray for those that are working for um, a solution to a vaccine, and we pray, Lord, that you would guide them every step that they take, that they will bring about a vaccine as quick as, uh, as you would allow it. We ask it now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. That for Sujin, actually, the, the number of staff to number of patients were, was enough that, that she wasn't needed this week um, on Friday. And God, that, that's a brilliant answer to prayer in terms of keeping her safe. And so we say thank you. And God, I do want to pray for Zainab and for whatever she is finding um, day by day, week by week. And I want to pray for all the uh, NHS workers uh, in our local hospitals. Lord, will you give them the strength and the equipment and whatever else it is that they need? God, thank you that you have people in your kingdom that are gifted and skilled and qualified to help the country at this time. And Lord, for those who don't know you yet, Lord, I pray that um, those who do will be shining lights for you in that situation. And, and even through this terrible time, they will be on a path towards you, Lord Jesus. God, we pray then practically for the help that they need, that it will be provided at the right time. Amen. Amen. I want to pray for well, all the uh, Christians that are in the NHS working, Lord Jesus, like Sujin and Zainab, Lord, that you will strengthen them and you would really allow them to shine like the dark, like the light in this darkness mm. they are facing in the hospitals particularly and mm. people that are suffering so mm. much and dying so many. So I pray that you will strengthen their spirit, you will mm. strengthen them in their mm. inner being, all the believers that work for the NHS all over the country, mm. locally and all over the country, mm. that they would be an encouragement to the other staff mm. that are struggling with dealing with death, oh. dealing with so much uh, suffering, oh. Lord. Oh. We pray that you would give the right words at the right time, inspire them to really um, uh, say the right word in season, Jesus. There is a lot of openness and oh. a lot of oh. talk about death in these days, especially yes, in those Lord. circles, because oh. the NHS is dealing with the most of it. So, Lord, we pray for opportunities for them to really be the light and to comfort those who are uh, really feeling down and feeling that they can't cope. Lord mm -hmm. Jesus, help them to cope and not just cope, but really receive their strength from you 
in the situations that we find themselves, Lord. Oh. And also to pray for those who are uh, ill, uh, very ill and maybe dying as well, that they will be able to offer the prayers for them, Lord, so that you will be um, uh, calling into your kingdom many people that are uh, at the end of their lives. Oh. Lord Jesus, we thank you for all those who are believers and their work in the NHS. Protect them all, oh. we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord, as well, for all the key workers that are working in the shops and working uh, in doctor's surgeries and dentists and, and delivering things. And, and thank you, Lord, for people that are perhaps part of the St. John Ambulance who uh, have got a normal job, but then one or two days a week they're going into hospital and, and helping out doing real things that matter changing and helping people's lives so thank you for so many people lord that are putting themselves out for our benefit and for the country's benefit lord lord will you bless them and encourage them give them the strength to carry on we pray amen let's also pray for hazel's family as well remember her funeral <coughs> tuesday so i'm sure paul would like prayer for from us as well as he's leading the service at the creme and remember, it would be great if we wanted to, to stand out on sort of uh, where the hearse is going so we can uh, sort of salute her in a way and just give her love and, and joy as she's passed on. Let's pray for Hazel's family now and for Paul and others as they'll be taking part on Tuesday at Hazel's funeral. Thank you, Lord, for a life well lived with Hazel. Thank you, Lord, that she knew you and was delighted to go into your presence. We just know that. But Lord, we do pray for uh, Mac and the rest of the family, Lord, that you would help them still at this really sad time and all her close friends, that you'd help them to know uh, that you'd, you'd be their Prince of Peace, Lord, and encourage them and help them at this time of grieving, knowing that you're there and, and she is with you, Lord. Help Paul as he puts into words to encourage people this Tuesday as well, to, uh, to encourage the family, those few people that are allowed to go. Lord, thank you that she was a special person to all of us. And thank you, Lord, that her love continues in our life because we can remember her with joy. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing one more song before we finish then and that's God's Saints of Old and it'd be great to remember to uh, be in touch with other people during the week you don't have to just wait a Sunday bring people up send them a card send them an email or a text and that'll be encouraging for us all so let's finish like we say by thinking about the promise of the ages Jesus coming and he's made everything different <laughs> And you can stand and sing if you want to. <laughs> I 
God, will you help us this week to see and know what that actually means in terms of day-to-day -day living? God, will your spirit just put a fire inside us to hear your voice and to know what it is that we need to be doing in terms of living for you at this moment in your church? Father, we pray again for your safety for all of us. We pray again for your goodness and kindness to keep on blessing us and encouraging us. Lord, for those who are struggling this week, I pray that you will lift their heads. Lord, for those who are busy and tired, I pray that you will give them rest. Lord, thank you that whatever our needs during this time, you are our, our provider. Lord, be with us, I pray, as we go to our, our separate rooms and different places in our houses. Thank you for this time together. Amen. Amen. So it's really good to see you all today. Don't forget, contact each other. That's really good. We'll be doing something similar, but better next week. Who knows if the Colonel might return again. So that's really good. And I look forward to seeing you all very soon. God bless. Bless you. Bye. 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 Bye